Okay, so today we're going to be talking about morale and um okay let me just start by asking this what is the difference between your morale level when school ended versus now like post christmas break about to go back in a week yeah uh i would say when i got out there was definitely a weight lifted off my shoulders because you know finals had just finished all the final grades are being posted, seeing, you know, pass all your classes, do well in all your classes. It was like good after good after good, you know, just like one good being done the finals. Like I said, another good seeing that I did well in my classes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so I would say overall my morale was very good leaving school. And then now heading back into school, I would say I have a sense of nervousness, nervousness because I'm not sure what to expect heading into the semester. Something new. Um, as far as, correct, as far as classes go. Right. Um, I mean, obviously I'm taking, like, the second section of most of the classes I was in last semester, so it's not crazy, but there's some that I'm not really sure how it's going to go. And obviously I want to do well. So I do have a little sense of nervousness, but as far as, you know, going back to school, I'm a little sad to leave my family. But at the same time, I'm excited to get back on a scheduled routine and be around all you guys and all that stuff. Yeah, it's been nice being home uh, with all my family members and a lot of stuff that you don't usually have access to at a dorm. Like uh, something other than a microwave to make your meals <laughs> when the cafeteria yeah. is closed. Yeah. So there's Which that. we hit on last last episode about yeah, making our own food. Exactly. We do have an oven in the house. It's just kind of gross. Yeah, grimy. But anyway, yeah. I, I I would probably have to agree. Honestly, um, I see a lot of good things for me this semester and the future in terms of the kind of classes that I'm taking and stuff. You know, everything's getting a little more advanced, which I'm sure you can say the same. Yeah. But for the most part, I'm anticipating. It's probably going to be a little bit harder than last semester. Mm-hmm. It's definitely daunting a little bit. But after getting through last semester, I feel like it's going to be not as hectic as I was going into last semester, if that makes sense. Yeah, so I like, have to agree with that. Going into last semester was pretty daunting because it was the beginning of my second year. And, you know, freshman mm-hmm. year was out of the way. And right. so I was like, oh, boy, now we're really getting into the the meat and potatoes of college yeah. now. <laughs> well, I would say, I don't know how you feel about it, but for me, like, I feel like time is flying. Like, I feel like yeah, I agree. I just got into college, and now, like, I'm pretty close to being halfway done. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's uh, it's nearing. That's for sure. Which, I mean, I guess isn't a bad thing, but still, it's just like, you look back and you're like, wow, like, all this time's already gone. Right. And yeah, it was like, used effectively, and it was progressive as far as my knowledge and all that goes, but I'm like, man, this is kind of getting close to ending before I was even really ready for it to start. Yeah. It, 
it definitely my morale in terms of school specifically is probably at its highest right at the end of the semester because it's so close for every yeah. semester really it's just mm-hmm. it's like right there and i know that if i keep pushing forward i'm gonna get through it but well, and on the on the note of that sorry to cut you off no you're fine i feel like i am more prepared just in my past experience I'm more prepared for my second semester than my first semester. Like, I'm more excited to do well. I'm more motivated to do well. I don't know if that's the same for you, but for me, I just feel like I always come back and I'm like, I'm going to give this semester everything I can and just do it the best of my abilities. Yeah. It's definitely better the second semester. Well, I'm not sure why it's like that because... Well, my theory for that is that... Mm -hmm. A lot of a lot of people see it as one whole year instead of semesters. I feel like because I know for me anyway, freshman year, I I don't really count freshman year first of all, just because you know it's a start of a lot of new things and it's a lot of things that you have to learn to get used to that you weren't ever forced to deal with before in your life. Right. But uh, this year I kind of looked at it as, okay, it's my sophomore year, first semester, second semester, they're basically the same. I just got to do everything twice, you know? Yeah, that makes sense. So I think that second semester, it looks better. It's more appealing because you're ending, well, firstly, you're ending the end of the year. You're crawling towards it. But at the same time, it's like, you know, we're almost halfway through which sounds a little redundant because we've already said it, but... Well, but it's just kind of... It kind of takes me aback to think about. It's like, I just got here, really, not that long ago, and now I'm thinking about graduate school placement and all that kind of stuff, which I may be a little bit ahead of the game on graduate school stuff, but I like to have a planned out life, in a sense. And so, you know, I, I just feel like... It's gone by really fast, and I don't know that I necessarily like that because I've had a great time this far, and I'm not ready to think about it being over soon, which I know two years is still a long time. Don't get me wrong, but like when you think back about how fast it's already gone, it makes you kind of worried about, or for me at least, it makes me worried about how fast it's going to go. Right. Well, the thing is, I also, whenever I get lower in morale, maybe like, middle of the semester Mm -hmm. I usually find that it's because things are getting really difficult because you know you're right you're deep into the studies and you've got all these tests and everything which you know it's nothing like 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 midterm time but yeah midterm okay but it's like you know everything is in progress and all the gears are turning and you're just being pulled every which way and I know personally, for me, morale gets pretty low, and I think to myself, well, you know, how am I going to accomplish all this when I have such little time, and, you know, I have to balance work, and going to see my family, and all these other things, and I just think to myself, well, you know, I've invested so much already, so it would be, which, you know, brings me back to, you know, there's already two years in my basket, so... I mean, if I quit now, I'm just throwing all that away. Yeah, I get that. I mean, that's, so, just, that's just my point of view. Yeah, 
I mean, and, and that's reasonable. It makes sense. But as far as, I know I touched on mine and you agreed with mine, but what would you say your, your morale is heading into this second semester? Um, I would say that it's pretty high. I'm excited to start my new classes. I just know, like I know myself, I know that once it starts, it's going to be high for maybe like two weeks. And then after that, it's going to be like, okay, I need something new. This is getting yeah, old. I get that. Which happens to me every year. I know it's going to happen, but there's nothing mm-hmm. I can do to stop it. So that introduces, you know, a whole new talk about when you do get to that point, what kind of like strategy or, you know, what what do you do like working on yourself to get out of that funk and keep on pushing? Because, I mean, two weeks in, you still have a lot to go. Right. So what do you do like inside inside yourself to be like, you know, I got to keep doing this um, because I have a bigger goal in mind? That's a good question. Well, for me, I usually get motivated whenever I know that progress is being made. And although it's not always going to be apparent progress, like right mm-hmm. in front of your face, yeah, you know, if you're like studying or taking a test or something like that, obviously that's progress technically, but it's not apparent and it's not like you're not seeing the progress being done right in front right. of you. So I like to take my brain to other aspects uh, to give me a break from school specifically. So, Mm -hmm. for instance, going to the gym, that really helps me a lot because I know that I'm bettering myself. And if if you better yourself, then you're going to be able to perform better in things later on, such as studying tests. You're healing your mind. Right. So, something like that. And I feel like, on the topic of that, it's good for you to not just, you know, sit and do one thing for hours and hours. Oh, yeah. You sit and study, you know, and then you're like, all right, I'm going to take a break. And you go to the gym, and then you work out your body and give your mind kind of a little rest. You can come back energized and get back to studying. We were not meant to sit down all day for eight hours. Yeah, I feel like that's a really good, you know, strategy to keep yourself motivated yeah well it's also a chemical thing you know because you go Mm -hmm. and you have this serotonin boost when you go to the gym and you get your blood pumping and all this other stuff and it's like okay i was a little bit sluggish for the day now i'm ready to go i'm ready to get back to it do what i need to do Mm -hmm. which you know some people do it at night some people do it in the morning but it's you can fit in them whenever, and it'll work. Yeah. I would say... So what about you? As far as... Yeah, as far as my question goes for me, <clears throat> I like to, you know, implement a reward system for myself because I know that it'll make me more driven to do the task at hand. So, for example, if I'm studying, like, one of the classes I'm taking next semester is Human Fizz 2. So if I'm studying for an exam in Human Phys 2, I'll tell myself, okay, if you study for an hour, then, you know, let yourself relax and play games for like 30 minutes. Like hop on the Xbox, play games for 30 minutes. Yeah. And then, you know, I'll do that and I'll say, okay, when I get done playing games, if I get back on to studying, 
and set it for another hour, I'll increase my reward a little bit. So it's a little bit better each time. So like the first reward, I'd probably start with like 20 and then go 30, 45. You know. Now, when you do that, do you increase the hours of study time as well? Yeah, usually I'll go like one one hour, and then I'll do like an hour and 15, hour okay. and a half, and then go two. And I usually don't ever go over two because at that point I'm just kind of racking my brain and exhausting it. Yeah. Um, so I like to study for no more than two hours at a time. That's interesting. Because I feel that I get distracted and I don't pay as much attention, and it's not as effective. It's like I'm looking at it, but I'm not really retaining any of it. So after two hours, just that, and that's just a personal thing, you know. Right. I just feel like it's not as beneficial. Which I feel like, if I were comparing that to my system, it is a good way for people that you know necessarily either can't work out or don't have the money to go to a gym, have a membership like that. That's something also useful that they can do. Yeah. Instead, I mean, for for me, I like to go to the gym, but for other people, they don't. And they like doing right. other things. So it really doesn't necessarily have to be something energizing. It just has to be something you like. Right. It's just something to, you know, get your mind away from what you were doing. Right. And this is this is a strategy that when we're, like, into the semester, right? This isn't, like, a pre-semester strategy. Yeah. Um, this is, like, you know, while we're studying for an exam or whatever it may be, this is what I like to do. This is what Joe likes to do. Just to kind of... Take some of that. Yeah, you know, it's, it's personal. In your face, stress off. Yeah. But as far as, like, pre-semester, I like to kind of lay out a plan as far as, like, okay, what am I going to do every day of the week? So, like, I may say, you know, on Mondays, I want to study for X amount of hours. On Tuesdays, you know, I want to do this. Wednesdays, this. Thursday, I don't have any classes I did that on purpose last semester, and I found it very beneficial to my overall morale because yeah. I wasn't, I didn't feel as exhausted because I could use Thursdays as a catch-up day, and so I did that again this semester. And I really look forward to that because I use it as a day to catch up on homework, catch up on studying. You know, if I'm all caught up, then it's a reward to you know, just kind of not necessarily slack off, but do other things outside of school. Right. Or I get ahead so that on on the weekend I can do whatever I want. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I like to come in with at least a rough idea of how I want to spend each week. A game plan. Um, yeah, in a sense. And obviously, like, you can't have that, like, set in stone because, yeah. you know, your well, class no one, is one class If someone has a game up. plan for a whole semester, then... You know, they're on yeah, some well, different I mean, waves, but... Well, you can't even do that because one class will pick up more than another, right. and then, you know, you'll have it set up to where you study for each class this amount of time, and you got to... Well, even then, they fluctuate back and yeah. forth between classes, so... Yeah. So I like to leave it as like, okay, try to study this much this night, this much this night, you know, right. do all your homework this night, take a it's, break from studying. Yeah. It's good to have windows of time dedicated each day, maybe even each week, to basic things, basic tasks that you know you're going to have to need to do throughout, you know, your time, whatever you're doing, which it doesn't necessarily have to be school, but it could be anything, really, that you're, you know, working towards. 
Yeah. But it's it's just good to leave those windows open is what I'm hearing. Do you have any, like, pre-semester strategies to try and set up, you know, the most successful semester for yourself? Well, I know that usually I don't... Whenever I try and set up my semester, I know mm-hmm. I don't do it before, like, right before it starts. Yeah. So... Usually when I'm in the headspace to do that is when I'm scheduling classes for the next coming semester. Okay. So so still in the I last was, semester. Yeah. So I was still in the first semester when we were scheduling classes and stuff, and I would set it mm-hmm. up to where, like you said, I would give myself windows of time between classes where I could do things that I needed to do, and I would right. dedicate different tasks to them. Because I know that there's going to be stuff that I need to do throughout every single day. Yeah. And it helps me stay productive. It helps me stay on my feet. Um, but mm-hmm. I, if I were to say oh, purely mentally to prepare for the coming semester, um, I would probably say um, just, you know, go into it uh, kind of head first. I don't like, for lack of a better word. Because, yeah. you know, I mean... It's going to come either way. You know, it's coming no matter what. So the best thing to do is to face it head on. You're going to be fine. Nothing's going to hurt you. And if you see, you know, or experience anything that, you know, makes you doubt yourself, that's normal. Mm -hmm. It is. So. Well, and no person can plan for 24 hours, seven days a week. For the no, next, it's inhuman. How long is a semester? Like a couple months, three. Yeah, three, four, something like that. Yeah, nobody can plan that far ahead. When I say make a plan, I just mean a very rough guesstimate yeah. at best. And I understand that it's subject to change. I just like to go in with some kind of, you know, some kind of game plan because I know that if I don't, I'll just slack off and I won't get it done. Right. You have to have something pushing you forward at least. Yeah. Which, you know, even if you make plans for yourself and you try and schedule things as well as you can, life happens. Right. And things are going to change that you can't always control. Well, I understand that everything in what I plan for in any aspect of life is subject to change, right? Right. You can't be naive enough to think, oh, this is how this is going to go because I said it this way. It's just, it's not possible. Yeah. It's not reasonable. Well, and, and it's just setting yourself up to be disappointed. It's important It's important to control just as much not setting it up, but to control yourself and how you react to that change as well. Yeah, that's definitely true. Because you can't always control what's happening or what's going to happen to your schedule or to you or your circumstances, but you can control yeah. how you're going to react to them. Definitely. Which is important to react correctly. And you can control how they affect you, which is yeah. another big point about, you know, reacting to them. Yeah, especially. Because which, you can't let in turn, one thing. if you let something affect you too much, it will affect your morale, and then you will lose Yeah, pro- that's exactly what I was leading into. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just going to say that you can't let one thing affect it's a, you yeah, it's a big so circle. much that it ruins your day or week or even semester. You know, you should well, it can happen going. though. I've seen it. Oh yeah, I've, I've seen that it happen. Well, I've I wouldn't say I've ruined my semester, and I'm sure you wouldn't either. Well, I mean, but. not my whole semester, but there's been a class that 
you know, I just convinced myself that the teacher was against me, and so I didn't try my best, and I didn't do as well as I could. Right. And, you know, that shows on my GPA. That's something I might have to go and retake, but I let that get to me, and then I let that show, you know? And it's just, you can't do that. Yeah. And that's speaking from a, you know, experience standpoint, is you can't let something let something get to you so bad that you let it affect how you perform. Yeah, I would have to relate to that. I I wouldn't say it ruined a class for me that I have to retake, but there were definitely moments where I, you know, caught myself. I caught myself thinking, you know, okay, you can do better than this. You're literally just slacking off, being lazy, and it's because you're not keeping up with yourself. That's what I was telling myself. And, you know, acknowledgement is the first step, really. Yeah. So, once you acknowledge it and you see that it's happening, it's most important not to just forget about it and push it aside. When you catch yourself, you have to do something. And I feel like this point relates to our last episode and being able to just sit with yourself and see that there's a problem and not let it discourage you enough to where you just push it off. Right, because no one's perfect. Face it. Correct. Everybody has problems, and nobody expects you to be perfect. None of your professors, not your parents... You know, yeah. so being able to assess that there's a problem is good, but what you do afterwards is more important. And you'd be surprised how many professors understand that that happens too. Like that people oh, just start to a, slack off. I have a professor that I go to her office at least once a week for at least an hour and just talk to her about all my classes, not just hers. And that's helped me a lot just because I feel like, you know, I can vent whatever I need to and get it out and then you know, have a little emotional restart, if that makes sense. I can just get it all out, and she'll listen to me, and then she'll tell me what I need to do, and she'll tell me, like, but the best part is, is, like, if I'm being dumb, she'll just be like, that's stupid, you know, (laughs) don't, don't accountability is important. Yeah. Which, you know, kind of relates to what I was saying. It's, the only person that's that needs to be accountable for you 100% is yourself. Yeah. So, you know, accountability from others I've, is good. Very good. Yeah. Well, that's can, something that I've seen just throughout friends in college. Is like if they're not accountable for their self, they don't succeed as much as you know that they probably can. Right. Because everything is somebody else's problem or somebody else's fault. And it's kind of sad to see. It is sad to see. Which is what I was saying. It's... I've seen examples of people that have struggled with that, and I've seen examples of people that have actually, you know, ruined their semester, ruined their year academically and mentally because they keep putting themselves down and they don't acknowledge the fact that, hey, maybe there's something wrong with the way I'm treating myself and there's something wrong with the way I'm structuring my day to where I don't have the energy to take care of myself you know, push yeah, myself or forward the time. to improve. Or the time. Yeah. They'll they'll populate their day and their schedule and their time with things that aren't helping them at all. Things mm-hmm. that aren't improving them and it ruins them. It Yeah. It tears them in it tears them I I can't do it. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying. It. And I I think that listeners understand what you're saying. Um and it is sad to see, especially when it's somebody that you're close with. Well, it's people you but, care uh, about is the worst well, thing. And, you know, I think building off what you're saying for 
I mean, I would be interested to hear what you have to say about it. What do you do as a person watching that? Like, what is your response to that? Um, In the sense of, do you try to help them? Do you let them go? I would say my first approach is approaching them. Yeah. So I would say that if you see it happening and you see it starting to blossom in somebody that it's best to sit down with them one-on-one and firstly make sure that they know that you're there as a friend you know yeah make sure that they're there or that you're there to help them along and identify something in them that they may not identify in themselves yeah and not just you know accuse them and right. you know make them I mean feel like bad. don't berate yeah, them that's important don't lecture them yeah but if you see that happening which you know I'm not a licensed therapist or anything like that but this <laughs> yeah. is just this is just what I would do this is just my approach I would probably sit them down talk to them a little bit and let them know what I was seeing in them or in their actions and then tell them that in turn I'm afraid of what that's going to do for them in their future and how that's going to affect them as a person. Yeah. And if they still decide not to change, I mean, it's their choice, ultimately. It's nobody's but their own. So you can't always do that and it be successful. And if it's not, you can't blame yourself. Yeah. I mean, you you have to be secure in the fact that, you know, you tried and you did what you could. And ultimately, it is up to them. It's not up to you. Right. Their success is not up to you, and it never will be. Well, because like I said, you can all you can do the right thing. That's not always going to have the right outcome. Right. So, and it's important to do the right thing. Um, but like you said, you know, you have to understand that they may not change just because you sat down and talked to them. Right. What about you? I, if you saw that someone was. <clears throat> you know, losing morale because of bad habits, things that they shouldn't be doing, things that mm-hmm. they should be doing that they're not. You see that so, happening in someone, what would you do? See, that's hard for me because I'm not a big person on confrontation. I like to sit and hope that it'll turn out well. And so confrontation for me isn't, it isn't and never has been something I've been good at or, you know, has come naturally to me. So as far as that goes, it would have to be somebody that, like, I really cared about um, for me to feel like I would do all that I could, if that makes sense. Right. Like, I would still try if it was somebody that, you know, I was friends with, but I never really, like, hung out with or anything like that. Mm -hmm. I would still try. But in a sense of giving it everything I could, I'd probably do a lot of what you do. I would probably go to dinner with them. Because, you know, everybody feels better when they have food in them, right? Yeah. It's always good to get them on their good side. Yeah. I would lay out, you know, the facts from my perspective and what I'm seeing. And I I would ask them how they feel because I would want them to know that their feelings are important. Yeah, that's that's really important. They may end up uncovering, you know, a really big problem that they're having, whether it be emotionally mentally whatever but i mean i I, i've had to do this before and i've seen that what came out of it was 
we decided that he wasn't in the right major and his classes weren't fun and he was having a really hard time paying attention but he had a really big goal and that's why he was in the major and so you know in sitting down with him and talking to him we kind of just decided you know maybe this isn't what he should be doing and it was very helpful but it was very hard for me because I get very nervous and like thinking I'm going to make him mad right or ruining a friendship so I would say for me it's important to put them first you know what I mean because I could have easily just put myself first and said you know I don't really want to do this so I'm not going to I'm just going to hope that it turns out well for them but uh yeah definitely you know just kind of putting off how you feel about it and you know thinking about well what I want somebody to do this for me well and, it also you know, my shows answer you, was it shows that you care yeah well my answer to that question was yes and so I was like okay well I think that I owe doing this for them and it was it wasn't nearly as bad as I thought it was going to be because I assumed the worst that like he would just get mad and blow up and whatever but he was actually you know he seemed relieved that somebody would ask him. And so I would say that, you know, if you're worried about it, you know, maybe they really want to get it off their chest, but they don't want to go to anybody with it. That's also a good point. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Yeah. I so, I could definitely see... I'm sure that there's a lot of people out there that are struggling with those kinds of things that, one, they either don't realize they're struggling with it or mm-hmm. they don't think anyone cares. Yeah. And it's usually well, I mean, people that have you, friends, like, are in friend groups. Yeah, but you got to think about when you go to college, all your classes are bigger. Right. You know, your friend group is going to be either bigger or smaller, I Which, feel like. Which, we go to a small college, but yeah. there's people that I mean, like go to think classes about, that are in huge universities, yeah, hundreds, hundreds of people. Yeah, I mean, class. you know, it may just be that they don't know that that's what it is, or... They don't know who they can go to with it because they're scared to be, you know, right. Uh, let's say a failure or a disappointment or whatever. You know, I would just go to it as I would approach it as something that's like you're going to help this person because you have a really good connection with them and you'd want somebody to do it for you. So, and my advice would be to approach it how you would want somebody to approach it if it were you. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's pretty much the basis of everything that I'm saying. Because I'm not going to give anyone any advice that I wouldn't, like, I'm not going to give people advice to do something for someone that I wouldn't want them to do to me, you know? Well, or just give them advice that you wouldn't want to do yourself, you know what I mean? Yeah. I think that that would be a simpler way to say what you were saying. It's just, well, I'm putting myself in their shoes and then asking myself, well, you know, if I was struggling with this kind of thing, how would I want someone to approach me if I were to ask for help or if I was afraid to ask for help? How would I want people to approach that? You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, I get that. And I think, yeah, I think we're saying the same things here. Yeah. Um, I think you come at it from a sense of you're probably better with confrontation than I am. And so I feel like we're giving both sides and coming to the conclusion that we would approach it the same way. And I think that's important to, you know, put right. out. So, um, well, before you say what you're going to say, another thing that I really like to do, you know, this is for any point in the semester, is as far as, like, being successful, 
I really like to have a clean space because if I have a clean space, I feel more motivated to do what I need to do just because, you know, I'm not surrounded by clutter. I feel like being surrounded by clutter, like seriously, just brings out my mood. And so I like to, you know, have a clean space whenever I do anything. And I would say that that's helped me a lot in, you know, motivation to study and all that stuff. Because think about if you have like clothes piled up in your room behind your chair and you can't roll your chair back. Mm-hmm. It's frustrating. You know, it is frustrating. It makes you not want to sit where you're going to sit. And that was probably to study. So then you're not going to study or, you, or, you know, you'll study in your bed. But that's not very efficient. I think we both know. Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, I didn't I, think about that. I have that. to have a clean space. I feel like... And that may just be that I, you know, that may just be for me. You know, that may not be for everybody. Yeah. But that's something that I like to imp- to implement to where if I know that I want to be motivated to do something, in my room, it has to be clean. And that's for you. Yeah. And I mean, that may be different for somebody else, and that's fine. I'm just saying I, that's something that I didn't know before I got to school. Yeah, that's I honestly Which was the point of me saying that. Was, I didn't I think, didn't know that until I got to school. I have to agree cuz I'm the same way. I need it to be clean or else I get frustrated like you said and I get mm-hmm. distracted from what I wanted to do to fix yeah, the thing that's frustrating. It just makes me not want to be in there. Yeah. It just makes you not want to be in there. But if I were to put that in, or if you were to put that in simpler, broader terms, would you say that to boost your morale, you identify things that lower it and remove them? Yeah, I feel like that would be a very good way to simplify what I was saying. So, um, I mean, because the, I, I feel the same way. Because we're using the I same use example. I clean room. Right. Yeah. So... There's that, and I also want to piggyback off of that and say that I can't do anything in good intention when I'm starving. I cannot be hungry. Interesting. You know, like... Yeah, that's that's interesting. I have to have food. <laughs> because if I'm studying and I'm sitting there and I'm hungry, all I'm thinking about is, man, I could really go for some Taco Bell right now. <laughs> and yeah, I, go I mean, and that's, I think that's about a good it, point. And then, well, the thing is... And it it consumes your thoughts. It really does. Gosh, I just want food. Yeah. Like, I can't focus on anything. And I get it. The thing is, but what's important, what's important about that, there's a second part. If you go out and you get food or you make food, you can't let that distract you from what you were previously doing. Yeah, you got to come back to it. You can't just go out, go grab somebody. Hey, you want to go to Taco Bell? We go to Taco Bell. And then you sit there and you watch a movie while you eat it, and then you go to bed. Right. Like, you have to get it, come back, go to your desk or wherever, whatever you're trying to do, mm-hmm. eat it, and that kind of go straight that back goes to, back to the reward doing. system that I was talking about. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah, right. It's like, let's say you know you're really hungry, but you're doing really good in your studying. Say, I'm going to study for 20 more minutes, I'm going to go get food. Well, that's smart, then, because then you know it's coming. You yeah, know you're going to get it. And you come back, and you study more, right? Yeah. And then let's say after you study more, you get finished, and then you watch the movie and go to bed. Kill two birds. You know, yeah, it kind of just goes back to that reward system of, like, if I study for 20 more minutes, I'm going to let myself go get food. If I come back and study and it's effective, then I'm going to watch a movie and go to bed. One more thing that I would say really just 
jab grinds my gears mm-hmm. whenever I'm trying to do something productive is if I have not showered. Like if I'm grimy or if I'm not clean, I yeah. know in good intentions that I cannot get anything done because I know that I am not clean myself, if that makes sense. No, it does. Um, and I would have to agree that I, and don't use that as a reward system. If you need to take a shower, no, yeah, please yeah, yeah. take a shower. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I would have to agree if I'm like gross or like I just got back from doing something and you know, like let's say we were all went and played soccer as a fraternity or whatever. If I just get back from doing that and I'm like, oh, I need to study, I have to shower first or I will not. I will not. There's no way. that I could not imagine myself being covered in sweat or something or smelling. Yeah. And sitting there studying. No. I need to clear my mind of all the things that are bothering me so that I can dedicate that brain space to something that I'm going to use productively. Yeah. So... Basically, moral of the story is if you take care of yourself, then you can accomplish better things. So, let's let me ask you um, another question. Not even necessarily in the lens of you know school and studying. What do you do, like, in a sense of motivating yourself when you feel really down or like not motivated to do anything? Like um, what 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 do you go to to make yourself feel better? Well, there's a few things. Firstly, mm-hmm. uh, I go talk to people that I know. I go talk to loved ones. I go talk to people that I know are going to support me no matter what it is I'm doing. Yeah. Unless, you know, obviously it's harmful to me. Yeah. But I go and talk to people and tell them that, you know, I'm really hey, I'm not really feeling so good about this right now, and I know I should, or there's something I should be doing right now, and I really don't feel like doing it. I just don't have the morale or the motivation. And mm-hmm. they, you know, if they're a good friend or whoever they are to you, then right. they'll encourage you, and they'll tell you why you need to do it, how you need to get it done, and they'll even offer help sometimes. So I do that. And then on top of that, I usually go and I clear my mind because, you know, there's just some days where there's a bunch of crap that happens to you and you've just been pulled every which way and you just need a moment to detach, go away, figure out what you want to do, you know, organize your thoughts. That makes sense. What what would you say you do to do all those things you said you know you get away what do you do to get away um sometimes uh this is gonna sound weird but sometimes i literally will go and people watch really yes like Like, at the park or what probably not at the park probably somewhere close if i was on campus sometimes i'll literally just go out to a place where there's a lot of foot traffic and i'll just sit there Mm -hmm. and you know, it'll just be outside, watch. and I'll just watch all the commotion and everything and think. I'll literally just think. Yeah. And I'll come to a consensus of, you know, whatever's bothering me, whatever's drawing me away from being productive, I identify that thing. And then I come back, and I figure out what I'm going to do to take care of it so I can get yeah. back to what I'm doing. 
that like, that's sometimes that like a good thing. I'll I'll literally just go to the library. You know that library at the very end and the big foyer that they've got with the tables in the front and the yeah, chairs. Yeah, right in front of all those art things or whatever. Yeah. I'll literally yeah. go and sit in those sometimes and just watch people come into the library and leave and check out books and all this other stuff. And I'll just sit there and think. Yeah. That's a good place. I mean, that's not that's not a bad thing to do. I mean, it's quiet. You can sit with yourself, you know. We've kind of we've kind of hit on that a lot. Is I mean, being able to there are worse be things happy that you sitting can do. with yourself. Which essentially, I mean, that's what meditation is. You just yeah. go and be with yourself and figure out what you need to figure out, and you have personal dialogue. And I so, feel like people, some people are really scared of that. And meditation. No, not even that. Just personal dialogue. Yeah, sitting by yourself and figuring yeah. out what things are wrong. And well, we usually, about this last episode. I will say I this: just, if you're afraid of personal dialogue with yourself, usually that means there's something wrong. Yeah, and that's what I was going to hit on. It's just, you know, don't be afraid to identify a problem just because you're scared there's a problem. You know, like we've said yeah. multiple times, there's going to be there's going to be people there that will support you and help help you in whatever you're going through, and it's important to remember that. And well, be secure in the fact of that. It's also important to consider that even if if you're looking for help and you can't find any, uh, the first person you need to turn to is yourself before you yeah. seek out anyone else. Because, I mean, like I said, if I go talk to one of my loved ones before I even decide to do that, I identify with the problem within myself. You know, I ask yeah, myself know- first you got to know there's a problem before you can go to them with it. Right. So, you know, that's just... So me. you said you like to sit by yourself, you like to talk to loved ones. Is there anything else that you like to do when you're just kind of feeling low? Um, I would say do a hobby. Like, just get a hobby or something that you like to do. But yeah, I so could like, also see that contradicting with the reward system that you were talking about. Well, but I feel like the reward system is more for a study strategy than a life strategy. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, well, I mean, firstly, if you're just constantly, you know, on the grind and you're doing things to improve yourself and you're not doing anything that you enjoy, then Mm -hmm. there's something wrong. Well, that's just not a good place to be. I wouldn't even necessarily say there's something wrong. I would just say that that's not a great place to be because... You know, if you if you never experience healthy emotions of like happiness and joy, like you're just gonna be a miserable person. Right. Nobody wants to be around a miserable person, right? I think hobbies are very very underrated today. I feel like, like just having yeah. one. Yeah, I feel like people, like we said last episode, spend so much time on their phones that they forget that there's a real world and real things to do. And so I would have to agree with your statement that hobbies are kind of slept on. Yeah. It's uh, it's a big thing for a reason. Um, so. I would say, as far as my question goes, for me, I, I um, follow like what you do. I enjoy talking to loved ones. Like I've said before, I'm really close with my mom, so I usually just give her a call and kind of talk her through it. Um, if it does pertain to school or a class, I will do, like I said earlier, I'll go to that professor's office and talk to her about it because she 
you know, she's usually able to talk me through that and talk me off my cliff, for lack of a better term. Yeah. Um, and then if if I'm not doing that, I don't know. I've always been somebody that believes in, you know, talking it out and talking through it. So I would say that that's probably the only thing I do because I know that, for me at least, there's always going to be somebody around me that cares enough to talk to me about it, whether it be, like, my mom or, like, one of you guys. Right. Well, so I would also I would say that that's my, you know, off the top of my head, that's the best strategy that I have to offer. Just going to loved ones. Yeah. I would like or to clarify that going to loved ones also requires them to not only tell you what you want to hear, but tell you that what you need to hear. Yeah, that's so a, that's a really good point. So don't like if you're look if you're seeking out someone for counsel, just in anything that you need to talk about, don't look for someone that's just going to comfort you and tell you everything's going to be okay, when maybe things aren't okay because of a problem that they need to address. So yeah, that that's a really good point that I didn't necessarily yeah. think about because I'm thinking about it as someone coming to me telling me something i know that i'm not in i can't in good intentions tell them that everything's going to be okay if i know it's not and i know that they're struggling with a problem like that's not to say that's not to say don't comfort them right right. because you know everything's going to be okay that phrase is a comforting phrase right so still comfort them but don't lie to them i think is what you're trying to say right yeah like don't sugarcoat it Yes. You can yes, that's a good way to put it. You can help people through things. Anyone can help anyone through anything. But yeah. It's it's just good to let them know that it's there. Mhm. Caution. It's very important. I would agree. So, but yeah. Would you say you have any other methods of see, I don't know. I detoxification, I, I, if you will. <laughs> I will say that I used to bottle it up. Yeah, me too. And that was very... It was very bad for me. It's detrimental. Well, I would bottle it up, and then, you know, I wouldn't ever get it out. And then eventually, one day, it would just all come out at once, and I was... Right. It was bad. It was just... I was rude to everybody. I wasn't pleasant to be around. Mm-hmm. And then after I'd get it out, like, I'd be fine. But then, you know, I still hurt all these people and the words that came out of my mouth and my actions. And so, like, I was fine. But they were not fine. Right. You know what I mean? Well, you know, one mean word is worth a thousand good ones. Yeah. So. And so I would just say, you know, that's not something I still do, which I can happily say. I wouldn't but say we're, that is we're a place, damaging, but anyway. Yeah. Which, if that is a place that you're in, you know, it, it, if it's a thing of you don't want to be weak or you're scared of what they'll think of you or yeah. whatever, you got to just throw it out the window and understand that if you're even thinking about going to them with this, it's probably because you know inside yourself that they're going to help you and do the best that they can to help you. And so how they view you shouldn't be something that stops you from getting the help that you need. At least in my opinion. I feel like it's also, you know, for guys anyway, it's a societal thing, which, you know, it's getting better, 
obviously. Mm-hmm. But in terms of speaking of bottling up your emotions, I feel yeah. like it's been the norm, unfortunately, for a while, a long segment of time, that, you know, if you express your emotions, if you express any feelings other than, you know, pride and strength that you're weak and your masculinity is threatened when that's not the case. It's not. There have been, there have been so many times where I've talked to people when I've been in a place of struggle or a place of fear and doubt and I've been helped through it and I've come out of it a better person than I ever was when I went in. So, yeah, and I would have to agree. I just with wanted that. to make that very clear. Yeah, I would have to agree with that. And, you know, that is something that, as you said, is there, but getting better. And it's nice to see that, you know, that it is something that's getting better because I don't, I have always felt like people's feelings, you know, however they're feeling is, you know, nine times out of ten going to be valid. Right. And I don't feel like anybody should be belittled for how they feel. Whether you're a man, woman, whatever you want to be. Well, everyone feels a certain way because of their perspective, you know? Like, your yeah. perspective heavily influences how you feel on any matter. So, mm-hmm. your perspective matters. And don't ever think that it doesn't. Because it can make a big difference. Mm-hmm. In any situation. Sure can. But, uh, yeah. Do you have any other methods other than you know, I, you know, going to loved ones, expressing your feelings, not bottling it up. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that I do because you know that's something that I've always found has worked for me since I've started it. Right. So I haven't really had to have another one. I mean, definitely, like like you said, getting out of it and not just sitting in the middle of it all, like going to do a hobby. But I mean, right. I feel like that's kind of natural to get away from it. But you know, in that sense don't get away from it so much that you just push it off and act like it's not real because yeah, it is real. You have to attack it at some point. You have to mm-hmm. go see it. Yeah, so and, and I mean Which is why fine. therapists make so much money. <laughs> yeah. It's fine to do that with help. And yeah. I mean it's like we said last episode and this episode, nobody is gonna be mad at you for working on yourself. Oh no. And I will stand by that forever. Oh yeah, I'll I'll die on that. It hill. is something well, it is something that I genuinely used to be afraid of, and it's a real-world thing. It's like people are scared that how they feel isn't valid. Yeah. And so I've ever since I've just kind of, you know, faced that and realized that it's not necessarily true, you know, how you feel is how you feel. Right. And how somebody perceives that is how they're going to perceive that. And so if they perceive it as you're wrong, that's fine, but the way you feel is how you feel, and you feel that way for a reason well it's also important to consider which as true as that is it's very important to remember that how you feel is not always going to be or how someone feels is not always how they're going to express it you know because someone can feel anger with themselves and express it through anger with you yeah that happens very and so sometimes the way that somebody feels isn't necessarily rational, but it's not wrong either. And I know that that kind of sounds contradicting, but when you sit in it, it's like, like okay, somebody you, may... They're not react. faking it. Yeah, they're not yeah, faking their emotion. May, 
somebody may overreact, but that's not them being wrong. I mean, it's it's a fine line to walk. Definitely the statement I just said is a fine line. Yeah. But I feel like when you sit in it and think about it, you know, it can be irrational and not be wrong. Yeah. I think that emotional control is very, very important in any aspect of your life. Yeah. Because, you know, something sad happens, you get really, really sad and you can't control it and you start losing grip on things that were once really important to you in life, like relationships and other things. Well, I mean, or even school, like the whole point of this podcast is talking about school. And so you can't let your emotions outweigh your drive to do something. Right. There's, I mean, I don't, this is going to sound very brute and wrong, but I don't have a better word for it. There's emotions, and then there's the outside world, you know? It's not going to stop moving. It's not going to, yep. you know, wait and for I don't you. Even know, I don't even know if that sounds wrong. I think it's very true. and I, I think that it's hard to grasp, and it's kind of like, it kind of makes you like, you know, not necessarily cringe, but it's like, like oh, that's kind of hard to hear. Yeah. But it's true. Well, I mean, it is. You have to think. There's there's an inward and outward struggle in everybody. You know, the outward mm-hmm. we all share. We all see it happening together. The inward is something that you're just going to have to deal with on your own and learn how to, you know, overcome those things, overcome those problems that you're dealing with. Yeah. Whatever it might be. It could be anything. Yeah. So, Yeah. I don't know about you, but I feel good about this episode. Um, If you agree, I would like to say, you know, thanks for listening. Uh, We want to make good on our promise for every Monday. And like we said, this will be for the next foreseeable future. Mondays we'll be uploading. Um, Thank you all again so much for listening. Um, Oh, don't forget. Don't forget to... uh... If you're listening on anything that lets you write a review or give a rating, go ahead and click all five stars. And <laughs> of course, and, what else would you do? Uh, go ahead and write a review, talk about you know how awesome we are and how awesome this podcast is. <laughs> and if um, you want to support it, um, you can also send topic ideas to imperfect yes. dot insight at gmail.com we would love to hear you know topic requests questions anything like that we are here to help anybody and everybody and so if you have something you think would be cool for you know us to talk about anything like that uh email us that email and we will look at it and you never know maybe your question could be featured next week yep we are super excited Thank you guys for listening. Yep. And we will catch you next next Monday. Monday.